Banking, what banking? The Hawks are back. The Hawks are back in town. Federal Reserve Governor, I think he's a governor, Christopher Wallace, was in San Antonio just today. Today is Friday, April 14th. And he said, because financial conditions have not significantly tightened, the labor market continues to be strong and quite tight, and inflation is far above target, so monetary policy needs to be tightened further. Uh, again, Waller's the focus on the labor market, the unemployment rate. Yeah, there was some stuff in banking, but with the economy this on um, this robust, the Fed needs to definitely hike rates again at their next meeting in early May. And according to Waller, maybe they need to consider doing a lot more afterwards. Uh, as he continued, how much further will depend on incoming data on inflation, the real economy, and the extent of tightening credit conditions. Now, Waller is not the first Fed official to mention tightening credit conditions, but he doesn't, he's not talking about tightening credit conditions right now. What he's saying is that, okay, there was, there was all this stuff in banking. And if, if this banking, the, the banking events lead to some kind of fallout, then maybe credit conditions tighten, and then we'll have to worry about it at some point down the road. So I'm going to bring in Mr. Stephen Van Meter here. Steve, the Hawks are back. And they took, a what was it, about a four-week vacation there. But all of a sudden, the Hawks are back all over the news. Inflation, 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 unemployment, unemployment, unemployment rate. But have you seen credit conditions? Credit conditions might tighten, right? Right, Jeff, which is funny because I believe, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but the Federal Reserve puts out this quarterly report. I believe it's referred to as the SLUs or Senior Loan Officer Opinion Survey. And it's something, in my recollection here, and again, I'm not a Fed governor, that it has something to do with tightening credit standards that I would imagine that everybody on the FOMC who is a voting member or not actually gets a copy of this report. And the last time I saw it, and I use it on my show all the time, is that it shows that credit conditions are ridiculously tight compared to where they normally are, and it's consistent with what we see during past recessions and financial crises. So the idea here that, well, when they get tighter makes me wonder what they're looking at to begin with, but notably we hear not just from Waller, but we hear from all of these other, you know, we hear from Jan Yellen, from Jerome Powell, and, and all the types that are at this level that, they're going to keep an eye on things. And so I think the best example I can give this is like saying, hey, I think my house may be on fire. Yeah, I see some fire here, maybe some smoke. So I'm just going to go outside and I'm going to keep an eye on this thing. I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to call anybody. I'm not going to, you know, maybe make some efforts to figure out how to put this thing out or do something about it. I'm going to keep an eye on it. Well, Fed, you keep an eye on this thing because at the rate it's going, well, that unemployment problem you think you don't have, I think you're going to have it in a big way. Steve, I think this is what something that you know you say all the time. The Fed is always looking backward. So when they see, when they say we we want to see if if credit conditions tighten, what they really mean is, yeah, we probably think credit conditions are going to tighten, but is that going to hit the labor? Is it going to impact the unemployment rate? So credit conditions could be tightening right now as we're speaking, but until that actually, until the unemployment rate starts to rise or jobs numbers start to fall or retail sales continue to decline as they did already, the Fed is going to say, well, we can talk about tighter, tighter credit conditions, but we don't believe it until we actually see it. 
And I think that's a huge problem. It's one, it's, I know that's something you bring up all the time, right? Yeah, Jeff, this is, again, it's like thinking, I think my house is on fire, so I'm going to go outside. I'm going to watch things. But when it gets so bad that my neighbors pick up the phone and the fire department shows up, then I'm going to do something about it. Of course, by then, the question is, what were they going to do anyways? Because, you know, why are they looking at such lagging data? In fact, I mean, again, this the SLU's data actually tells you that credit conditions are tight. So it makes me wonder, Jeff, what on earth are they looking at? Or do they believe, as they suggest in the report, this is a, another lagging report that was based on what they saw the prior quarter, not to be used as an indication of what's coming. So in that case, maybe they believe that mythically lending conditions have somehow massively eased, which I guess could be true. But we're not hearing that from any of the banks. I mean, there's there's nothing in even in the bank earnings or bank reports that even remotely suggests that they're out there saying, hey, you know what? We went through a real rough patch there, but we're out cranking out loans like nobody's business. In fact, you're not hearing that at all because when you have deposit flight, and you know this, Jeff, but when you have deposit flight and you're a bank, you're not like, hey, you know what? I think I'm going to go out and originate a whole bunch of new loans because I'm I'm relatively sure these deposits will come back so I can back my loans in them. No, if if you're fearful of deposits leaving, you can't go out and lend until you figure out how to get them to come back. You know what I think, Steve? This is my this is my theory on what's what what they're really talking about. These hawks, what they're really betting on here, is they're overestimating their own efforts, as they always do. So we had we had the deposit flight, as you mentioned last month. We had some other irregularities because it wasn't just about U.S. banks. There was Credit Suisse. We had a bunch of stuff happen. And what did the Fed do? The Fed came up with its brand new tool, the BTFP, that was used. The uh, banks used its primary credit window. Um, federal home loan banks made a bunch of short-term advances. We don't know how much. We won't know for a couple of months, but it was a, probably a lot. And don't forget, the Fed said we've got these overseas dollar swaps just in case we do. We, anybody needs them. So I think the Federal Reserve officials are sitting back and saying, boy, we're geniuses. We handled this great. We handled this just like we handled Bear Stearns 15 years ago. We, you know, there's this, this was, it, there was tremendous amount of danger. And now here we are a month later, there aren't any more bank failures. Maybe we did, we did such a good job that even if credit conditions tighten for a little while, they're about to loosen up really big time. So Waller is saying the labor market's already tight. Whatever, whatever happened, we, we snuffed that out really quickly and everything can go right back to where we were before we started talking about Silicon Valley Bank. I kind of think that's what's going on here. The Fed is looking at its own creations and sitting back saying, man, we are really good, aren't we? It's almost like they're showboating here a little bit, Jeff, because they're almost they're not like sitting back going, hey, you know what? Look what we don't know. They're like, ha ha. Look at this, everybody. Everything's going to be great. And what are we seeing right in the initial claims data? I know that's one of my favorite things to look at every week. I know you look at it, too, but we're starting to see a little bit of an uptick here. Now, historically, we could say that, yes, it's actually still relatively low. It's not like it's, you know, 250 plus week after week or 280 or 300. But. I think what you and I like to mention, Jeff, is it's all relative to what the low point is. So if your low was abnormally low and you're now at a level that maybe historically is low, but is actually high relative to the recent low, it's suggesting that the trend is going the other way. And then you start to add in the fact that we could look at the retail sales data. And I know uh, we both covered this on our shows and industrial production data. So I don't want to get into the numbers here. But if you start to think about this, 
as demand for broad demand falls, what do you see? Decline in new orders, decline in production, decline in sales. And what does that lead to? Well, just so happens a decline in employees. Yeah. And it's, you know, it, we also have that, the, you know, the, the feds, the FOMC minutes this week. So not only do we have the Hawks coming back out, but it, in some ways it's sort of, um, it, it's, they're arguing against themselves. There's got to be two camps at the Fed. There's not just the Wallers and maybe Jay Powell, who's a hawk, but there's also those others because, as you know, when the FOMC minutes came out this week on Wednesday, they, they mentioned how the staff economists, the econometric models, now expect a recession this year, a mild one. They made sure to say it was a mild recession when here's Wall and everybody else saying, no, robust labor market, inflation's going huge. But even let's let's say that even if we do get a mild recession, um, I think Waller's point stands because what he would say is that a mild recession wouldn't be enough to bring what he believes are inflation pressures down. So there's still there's still a lot of uncertainty here between what Waller is saying about, you know, hawk, 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 what the Fed models are saying about a mild recession, which is probably somewhere in the middle where that would lead to a Fed pause. And as you know, where markets are saying, forget all of that stuff, we're still looking for a rapid series of rate cuts. So to get from Waller the Hawk to the FOMC, the mild recession, to where the markets are, we still have to have a lot of stuff go wrong and not just a little tiny blip in unemployment rate, right? We've got to have a lot more than that. Absolutely. And and I kind of, you know, when I saw those minutes, Jeff, I, I was almost taken aback because as we've talked about on your show, policymakers never admit something bad's coming ever. I mean, it, the train could just be barreling down the track out of control and you could be tied to it like those cartoons when we were a kid. And they'd be like, no, 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 it's not. It's not actually happening. Right. We're going to keep an eye on it. Right. We're going to keep, keep an eye. Exactly. And from our hawkish view way above, we're going to keep an eye on this. Um, and you start to look at this report and they come out and say, hey, there's potential of a mild recession. And then of course, as we know, Waller, some other people said, nah, I don't think I agree. And, and as you mentioned, there's potentially dissent among the board. And then the White House comes out right after that and says, hey, we don't know what those idiots over there are talking about. Uh, there's no chance of a mild recession ever. And I'm like, I love it because that's what I expect to hear. And so you kind of makes you wonder. Do they, does the Fed believe it? Does the board actually think there's a mild recession? Because this could be like a mild cold, right? I could say, you know what, Jeff? Um, I'm a little sick today, but I still can record. But right after we're done, I'm going to go do a bunch of coffee and some other weird shit, and, and that's okay. But, you know, you, you think about it, a mild cold or mild recession may not impact a whole lot of people here. And so maybe they're doing, maybe they're saying that because it looks that way. Or is this potentially just, you know, a CYA to say, hey, we told you, but it didn't happen because of our wonderful policy tools that we implemented and we saved the day. Or if it did happen, then they'll just blame someone else. You do have to wonder exactly what's going on here. But I think, to me, the overriding point here is look at how just the discussion has changed. You know, we go back a year when the yield curve first inverted. What did they say? Ignore that inversion. That's all nothing. Don't worry about any of it because... The economy is really good. 
And by the way, we don't pay attention to the yield curve inversion until it gets to the near-term forward spread. And then the near-term forward spread inverted, whether they say, never mind that, we don't pay attention to that anymore. Have you seen the unemployment rate? The unemployment rate is, tro is so low, as Janet Yellen said a couple months ago, there's no possibility of recession. Now the Fed is saying, well, okay, there's a recession, but it's going to be a mild one. So what to me is important is that now we're all talking about credit conditions tightening. We're talking about problems in the banking system and we're talking about recessions in a way that we haven't done for you know this entire process. So the entire thing is being dragged, kicking and screaming in the direction that markets have predicted and forecast all along. And what this tells me is that we're not quite there just yet, but we are getting closer and closer to the finish line which is the bad news, I guess, right? Yeah, that's the, right. It's, it's, so where, Jeff, we go back far enough here, where did this all start? Hey, the yield curves are starting to tell us something's wrong. And everyone's like, no, no, and you guys have got this all wrong. It doesn't mean anything this time, right? So yield curves say, hey, look, there's a problem, there's a problem, but nothing started to happen. Then we had a little bit of a banking crisis, but you know, the Fed, like Superman, flew in and saved the day, no problem. And then what did we say that would happen next? We said, look, if we start to see a material slowdown in the economic data, this is going to be a problem that will lead to eventually mass unemployment, right, or higher claims. And what are we seeing in the data? We're seeing deceleration. In. And so, so far, the, the yield curves, which I think is what you're trying to tell me, Jeff, have pretty much nailed this thing perfectly. But as many people will want to say is, hey, it got the timing wrong. Well, it never does. It's not, it doesn't, it's not a timing mechanism. It just tells you, look, there's a whole bunch of potholes in the road that are coming. And by the way, they're getting bigger by the day. Maybe someone will come along like Arnold Schwarzenegger and fill it in, uh, you know, on the street like he did, or maybe they'll be there when you get there. What they told us is something was going to be there. And now we know it's not getting any better. You're part of the problem too is yeah you're right that the yield curve doesn't tell you when something will happen but i you know i gotta say steve it's not that far off because the yield curve said last year the probability of the fed being forced to turn right around while that hasn't happened yet we're talking about it we're talking about it and not only are you and i talking about it because we've been talking about it a long time but more and more people are talking about it realistically so as far as the yield curve and timing goes being off by a couple months, I think that's pretty remarkable to begin with. And there's the other thing, you know, getting back to what you were saying, why is it if the Fed was not really worried about any, or if the Fed was as supermanish as it makes itself out to be, why did we have any Silicon Valley Bank to begin with? Why didn't they realize that there was a problem and then fix it before it became a problem? And then we never would have known about it, which would have been far, far better. What that tells me, and it should tell other people is, the Fed doesn't know when there are problems. They can't diagnose problems. So if they're going to sit back and say that there are no problems, why would anyone take their word for it? Because if there were problems and they knew what they were, they would have taken care of it ahead of time. But as you're, as you're saying, as we're really talking about here, the Fed is always looking backwards. It is always reacting not just to economic variables, but to events in the banking and monetary system. So they can come out and still say we're hawkish till, till they want to, I mean, till they're blue in the face. That has absolutely no bearing on reality, which, again, that's what markets have been saying all along. I just think it's remarkable about how far we've come, how quickly.
Yeah, I, I need to get on Waller's email list because clearly I'm, I don't know what data he's looking at, Jeff, but I, I think we should get that because uh, or maybe we need to get some new glasses. So when we read it, uh, it looks good. But, you know, I think Congress pointed out, you know, hey, Fed, how come you didn't see this banking crisis? And they're like, oh, well, uh, here's here's our litany of excuses. And they're like, look, that's your job. And somehow you missed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll get back to you at some point way down in the future when you when maybe you're not in office anymore and you've forgotten about it or we're not in office and everyone forgets about it. And we'll have a reason. But more importantly, we'll have shown you how we fix the reason and how we're watching even closer now to make sure it doesn't happen again. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the frustrating aspect, right? Because for the first time in a long time, it was interesting to see Congress really grill some of these Fed members, including what was his name there, Barr, um, saying, you know, why didn't you know about? Isn't this your job? And well, you know, I don't want to answer any questions till I do a full review. And I was waiting for one of the senators to say a full review. Was that going to take four years? Because that's you're right. That's what they do. They filibuster all of these things. Whenever they get stuck in a corner, when everybody says, "Hey, you'd really drop the ball here." Because if you were on the ball, you would have known there was problems and you would have fixed it ahead of time. They always say, well, you know, we couldn't have seen it coming. It was unexpected. Nobody could possibly have seen any of this coming, which gets us back to our original premise, which is we know that's just crap because we've been warned about this, not specifically Silicon Valley Bank, but problems in the economy, problems in the monetary system that cause things in the banking system, and they continue to happen. That's the thing. Why are we not paying attention to that? And I think... What's important is that re reluctantly, inadvertently, accidentally, more and more people are starting to say, yeah, there's there's more going on here than just this inflation unemployment rate stuff. Yeah, because the last shoe to drop is, is more people lose their job. And I think that's when people really start paying attention. And, you know, right now we just saw, I think, an 11,000 increase in claims. And hey, people could say, well, that's not a big deal. Well, OK, well, we start to see just say 10,000 increase every week. Well, we're at 250K pretty quick. And after that, we're not far off. We're in a month between we're, you know, 280 to 300. Now we're talking some serious numbers that really are telling us a recession is here. And this is not a time, as you know, Jeff, that we should see this because we're not far between, you know, some schools starting to get out for the summer break and then more will be after that. Vacations should be being planned. People should be making all, you know, reservations and getting excited about it and out spending money. But what we're seeing perhaps in the data is this enthusiasm for the economy is going to get completely overridden by a lot of people losing their jobs at a time when people actually want to go out and have some fun. Yeah, the worst case scenario is not only are they losing their jobs and being afraid of losing their jobs, they're also losing their jobs, being afraid of losing your job, and also keeping an eye on all that stuff in the bank, just like the Fed. Keeping an eye on banking difficulties usually doesn't lead to many good things in the real economy. Thank you, as always, for joining me, Steve. We'll see you again next week. Uh, have a good week. Take care. Thanks, Jeff. We'll look forward to it.